Welcome, everyone, to Davos Fingers' coverage of House of the Dragon. This is episode 133, covering episode 7 of House of the Dragon, Driftmark. I'm Scanny, and with me, as always, is my buddy, Matt. Hey, everybody. As you know, we'll be releasing these episodes every single Friday for the remainder of the season, which is only three more episodes after this one. Holy cow. Um, but hopefully those weekly Friday releases give you enough time to digest the previous week's episode, digest all the other great content that's coming out during the week as well from all of our friends, and then let us help you prepare for the upcoming episode, of course, coming out every Sunday. So in these episodes, we'll break down the most recent episode scene by scene. We'll keep it spoiler free for those of you who haven't read Fire and Blood. Uh, and if you have read the book or just don't care about spoilers, stick around because we do a special segment at the end of every episode called Dragons After Dark, where we talk book spoilers. And we also talk about what we think might happen in the next episode to varying degrees of success. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, if you we have some new listeners among our ranks, I think, with, as we've moved into covering some show stuff. If you're interested in hearing our previous takes on the fire and blood versions of these events, you can go check out earlier episodes of the Davos Fingers podcast. Episodes 82 and 83 covered content covered in episode seven of House of the Dragon. Uh, you can go back and find those. You can find them on Podbean, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, basically any one of those podcast aggregators will, will have us probably pretty much. Uh, episodes 82 and 83, go check it out. It doesn't line up perfectly, of course. There's extra stuff in there, earlier stuff and later stuff, but everything in this episode, episode seven, will be covered in those two. So, yeah, and go grab it and listen if you're interested. Please, please. And as Scad mentioned, you can find these weekly House of the Dragons episodes where you consume your podcasts, uh, our Podbean account, which is scaddy.podbean.com, as well as on our YouTube channel. And we'd love to hear from you. It's always great to hear from listeners old and new. So find us at wearedavosfingers at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at Davos Fingers. We are on Facebook. Uh, where else? Leave a comment on YouTube. And you can even check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Davos Fingers, even though that is frozen for now as we determine uh, kind of our next steps. But more to come on that. More Let's come dive on in. That. We're too busy to do any bonus content at the moment. Yeah, it really this weekly content is like I look haggard, man. I look <laughs> I mentioned the crypt keeper last time. I feel like I'm starting to resemble that myself. And this isn't even the busiest part of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Leia's yep. funeral, everyone, it starts with a real up up upbeat scene. Yeah, I actually found a, a nice upbeat passage in the book to go along with this um, in fire and blood, the year is 120. We're kind of unsure what the year is now in, in the fire and blood or in the house of the dragon timeline, but we'll just go with that. 120 was to be a year when many of the long simmering tensions and jealousies that had plagued the seven kingdoms finally came to a boil a year where many and more would have reason to wail and grieve and rend their garments. Yeah. Starting with Lena. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it really kind of kicked off in the last episode, right, with Lana's, with Lana's death, Harwin's mm -hmm. death. Um, yeah, so we kind of kicked off those events from from 120 in, in Fire and Blood. And yeah, it's kind of, um, I don't know if it's really spoilery to say it in Fire and Blood, it's kind of like a, 
yeah, a slow burn decade toward violence, right? As 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 things kind of uh, trickle down from this one really bad year of one twenty. Yeah, if it is a spoiler, sorry, but it doesn't yeah. get any better from here. I mean, I feel like everyone can sense where this is going. <laughs> exactly. I don't think it's a huge shock to say like there's going to be more violence. If not, um, you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all going to be fine. Uh, Matt, this doesn't end note, with a handshake. My first note is, man, that looks like good rope. Good strong rope. Yeah. Good strong rope. You know, I was always disappointed in Lord of the Rings when Sam gets the rope from the elves and it's just like this little funny little rope right I'm like, this this looks like good rope he's equally disappointed but uh <laughs> it turns out okay sense. it's not much to look at uh out. this this rope is great um probably not as as carryable as sam's little thread is oh, yeah. but yeah i mean these are seafaring people they they enjoy their good strong ropes they can lug their rope around yep. yeah <laughs> Um, I'll tell you this, Damon does an okay job at looking somber here, but I thought he looked sadder at Emma's funeral than he did at this funeral. Um, we what even is, see him, he, we even see him crack up a little bit. So there's a lot going on in this scene. If you, if you go back and, and really kind of look at the looks that are happening and, and mm-hmm. read the tiny little microscopic subtitles that are down there. Were you able to do that? Put on I got glasses. my glasses out, and okay. I, you know, on the second watch, and I figured out what what Veymund is actually saying there. And if you did, track it, go ahead. Did you have him down on your the bridge of your on the end of your nose, and did you look at it like this? The subtitle forty, not seventy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my. Can, I can tease myself. You need to lay off. Uh, You're right. I'm savage. <laughs> I'm a monster. They. they, they there's a lot going on here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you, you were like, why? The first time I saw it, I was like, why is he laughing at his wife's funeral? That yeah. doesn't look good. And then I went back and watched it again, and there's some interesting stuff going on. The mm-hmm. language reads, uh, where, where I, have it? I wrote it, I wrote it, uh, leaves two trueborn daughters on the shore, remain bound together in blood, salt courses through Valerian blood, ours runs thick, Ours runs true. Ours must never thin. Meanwhile, Veamond, who's delivering all of these words. Yeah, who's he looking at? <laughs> I skipped I've skipped a few words in there that didn't really apply too much, but but those words are, are in there. And he's looking at various people in the crowd, but really zeroing in on Rhaenyra. He looks straight at her. <laughs> looking straight at her, and she looks uncomfortable. She's grabbing and clutching her children, hugging them on the shoulders, you know, pulling them tight. Uh emphasizing that their blood isn't true, that they're thinning right. their own blood, right, in, in, with their actions. And Damon looks at Rhaenyra and sees the discomfort and I think tries to just undercut Balon's whole message with that laugh. Yeah, a little right, joker just, laugh. <laughs> yeah, to try to just bring the whole, the whole thing down to, yeah. his, to his knees. It's really effective. It is. And also read the room, Vaymond. Like, not at, I guess it would be his, her, his nieces in, in the book. Is Vaymond Corliss's Vaymond, brother? In, Vaymond, in the book, Vaymond is not Corliss's brother. He's, He's a cousin. Brother, I think. Or oh, he's a cousin. Um, yeah, uh, but he is his brother here, yeah. Yeah. Read the room, buddy. 
it's your it's your it's your niece's funeral. We're we're not gonna take jabs at Rainier here. Okay. Chill out, buddy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't I don't think Valerion's are ones for for holding back. I mean, the whole blood period thing, it really it made me kind of go back and look at the history and um you know, really these two families are they're really interwoven at this point. I mean, we're at, you know, 120 AC-ish. Um, the Aegon the Conqueror conquered at roughly zero, a little before zero. Um, but his mother, for those that may have forgotten, was Valeana Valerion. His mother was a Valerion. Aegon yep. was half Valerion. Valerions were purportedly there first. Right. In Westeros. Yep. Came to Driftmark before the Targaryens came to Dragonstone. You skip one generation of intermarriage where Aegon married his sisters, and then you immediately get his firstborn son, Aenys, by Rhaenys, uh, their, their firstborn son, Aenys, goes right back to the Valerian well immediately to marry Alyssa. Jaehaerys marries his sister, Alysanne, as, as the next king and queen, but their firstborn son marries another daughter of Alyssa. So getting the, that's uh, um, Rhaenys' mom. Now, Jocelyn Baratheon, right? So Alyssa ends up marrying Rogar Baratheon, and they have a kid, uh, Jocelyn Baratheon, and she marries the firstborn son of Jaehaerys. Jaehaerys. And, and, and Alysanne. So the Valyrian blood is fucking everywhere. Like, it's everywhere in this family. And so <laughs> it's really interesting to hear Veamon's words here, and it made me think about this whole story a little bit differently. You could argue... You know, like when Amon, when Amon, the firstborn son of Jay Harris and Alicent dies, and Rhaenys is passed over for the funeral, she's the firstborn daughter of the secondborn son of Jay Harris and Alicent. I know this is getting really confusing, but when they're kind of removed, the, the Valerian blood is kind of being taken out, right, from the throne. They've been, for the first hundred years, they were very involved, right? And if you look at, you could look at this story a little bit differently and just say, this whole damn thing is about Valerion's trying to stay relevant and the Targaryens saying, now hold on a minute, bro. Like, we're running this show. This isn't a partnership, you know? And the Valerion's kind of trying to cling to it. And I hadn't really thought about it that way from reading Fire and Blood or the show until kind of really listening to this speech a couple times. Hmm. Yeah, they're definitely a proud house that wants to stay relevant. Yep. Yep. I mean, family trees aside. Good um, review. I'm, I'm sorry for that being so confusing, but they're just very, you know, just to go back and simplify it, they're very, very interwoven these first hundred or so years. And I think they see they're kind of being, they're kind of being pushed out, right? And they don't like it. Yep. The ones that are on top want to stay on top. And usually that means pushing others down. Um, because it's not a partnership, as you said. So it's a partnership so far as it uh, benefits the Targaryens. Which is... From their view, yeah. Yep. 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 Um, a partnership we do have back is Otto Hightower returns as Hand of the King. We don't yes. see how that went down or uh, how he worked his way back, but he is there. And um, we have some fun stuff with him a little later. Not a ton. But some, yeah, it does bring into question a little bit the timeline of when this happens. I mean, um, you know, Leanna died, Arwen died, 
they needed a new, or Lionel died as well, Lionel Strong. So they needed to bring a new hand. Hightower was supposedly back at Old Town. That's not a short journey. Lionel they got him back quick. At Pentos, unless they took her by Dragonback, also not a super short journey. So it's been maybe even weeks between the funeral and Lena's death in the last episode. I don't know. Hard to say exactly, but. It is hard to say. It also appears that they're still mourning the Strongs, um, but we don't know where that happened on the timeline either. It happened in the same episode last time, but it could have, you know, happened yeah. not much later, but sometime later than Lena's death. So yeah, it happened in the same Lena's monologue. It sure did. Sure did. But yeah, maybe not same night or something. Mm-hmm. Um, more on the funeral. Anything else? Uh, you just you got egg on that little shit sign, like board. <laughs> As you do at funerals, yeah. He's doing, he's doing a great job of bringing that character to life. Just like right, and we'll miss him going forward. Well, I liked him. Me too, David Tennant's son. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, then we get to for anyone that's been to a funeral. Those are somber events, but uh, you all know the awkwardness of the after-funeral luncheon, right? And this next scene captures that quite well. Uh, we get a very awkward and all sorts of uncom- discomfort uh, as these characters interact at little post-funeral luncheon. Yeah. Yeah, I so I don't I haven't been I've been very lucky I haven't been to many of these, but you know I think they're like you said they're always kind of awkward. You're frequently bringing people together that aren't that together that often. Sometimes there are family squabbles and quibbles and things, and this is no exception. And they do a great job of setting the tone here. You don't want to be like too joyful and jokey and stuff because out sure. of respect, uh, but you also. You also don't want to, to be positive, like yeah, right. You don't want to fight with each other out of respect as well, right? But Ray walks into this thing, and you just see she like she looks at Damon, and it's like eh, he's kind of shunning her. She looks at Allison, and there's no ally there. You know, she's like, oh, I guess I got these kids that need some shepherding. Let's go help there. But this looks like a very separated, splintered, shattered kind of family. Mm-hmm. They're not getting along. That are all just there to keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a brilliantly acted scene. It says so much just in the faces of the cast members. I I counted. I did like it. I looked at the timeline on my streaming service. And there's over a minute between. It's at the part where Raina says, I don't want mother to be gone. And she hugs Rainey's. It's starting there and going to where Corliss says, retrieve your patron to Carl Corey. Everything in between those two moments, it's over a minute with no dialogue. It's just characters looking at each other and interacting silently with each other. But yet so much is said. And a minute doesn't seem that long, but on screen, that's that's quite a bit of time. Uh, but that just shows how wonderfully acted and scripted and blocked the scene was where you have Amond and Jace having their little thing across the fire where you've got, uh, like you said, Damon and, and Rhaenyra. You've got King Viserys looking around being like, this sucks. I, look at everybody. Like you have it all. And it's really brilliantly 
uncomfortably acted. Even Damon doesn't look completely like he usually looks so smug and everything. He looks a little smug here, but he even looks to me a little bit like so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I agree. You don't know if they're for the same reasons that most people are uncomfortable. Those situations are different ones, but (laughs) sure, because he's just a unique character. But yeah, he does. He looks uncomfortable. Uh, Yeah, you mentioned the Amond Jaceres moment over the brazier. Um, That was interesting. It looked like Amond was maybe going to come comfort him a little bit. Yeah, or at least make some sort of effort. Something. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was rebuffed exactly. It was more just like, uh, I'm not sure. Moment passed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of how the whole scene feels. Nobody knows the right thing to do. Viserys tries with Matt, Matt Smith gives Viserys a wonderful hurt dog look. Just kind of a wounded puppy look. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know his goal because when Viserys comes over to the to, to make conversation and say you should come back and I miss you and let's let the water flow under the bridge and you know all those things. <laughs> Damon pulls pulls the the same stepstones thing. I don't need anything from you. You know, like, no way will you give me anything. I need nothing or whatever he says. Yeah. Which I think that's the reason he did that, Scad. I, you know, in his narcissistic way, he wanted Viserys to approach him in a conciliatory manner just Just so so that he he could could rebuff him him even further because he's just that type of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it. Uh, there is all you mentioned. You know the Rain is coming over and cons- consoling the twins, Rain and Balin. Uh, and when she comes over, there's just this little, this little look between her and and Jace. Jace, and, and he turns away awkwardly, right, right, so right before the brazier, right. But um, you you get the sense maybe that they feel that disapproval from from Rayanus. Right. We're going to see later in this episode. Not disapproval, but uncomfortableness. That they, they kind of pick up on that from her. Right. Kids are perceptive, man. I think he has a sense from her, maybe. I mean, yeah, we've seen that. I mean, even in the last episode where, I mean, I don't know how hard it was to pick up, but Jace put two and two together about who about his real Martin. dad is, yeah. you know? And so we might be seeing that he's he's kind of had that ability to read people a little bit. Um, I thought the same thing, but I noticed this final time we watched watched the episode three times, and the third one I noticed a tiny little thing. We'll get to it later during the where they're in the hall, and it's of course the confrontation between the two mothers. That when Rhaenyra and Alicent are facing off, who steps in and protects all four of the kids, meaning Jason, Luke, plus Reyna and Bela. It's Corliss and Rainey's are kind of like mm-hmm. shepherding the four kids together, mm-hmm. which, so I was like, well, so she steps up to protect when she has to, but I did detect that coldness from her here in this scene. Yeah. Um, Rainier is not super sly about following Damon. <laughs> and she's right on his heels. She's like, go to bed kids. <laughs> I mean, you get the sense that she knows Maybe Leia's wake isn't the right time. 
But as soon as he leaves it, she's like, all right, now's the time. All right. Trigger being pulled. At first, I was like, why is she sending the kids to bed? It didn't hit me at first. I thought, you know, things were getting tense. And I was wondering if maybe she thought there was going to be a confrontation. So she wanted to, like, get the kids out of there in case there was. And it's like, oh, no, no. She just wants to go jump some bones. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't going to put it quite like that. But I think I did. She's pursuing, she's pursuing Damon sexually. She wants to yes, catch up. But it's not just that. I mean, I, I think she's, she think has she's some, looking for allies. And she's for looking her. for allies. She has some questions that she's had for a long time that she wants answered. And there is, there is more to it. I'm being we'll crass. Get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, do you have any more for the wake? Uh, Corliss tells Carl, retrieve your patron. I thought that was ill played. Dude, go down there yourself. Like It's your kid. Why not? Go talk to him. Uh, not, we know why I'm, he won't talk to him. I'm not against him sending Corey necessarily, but the way he did it sucked. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can do this a little bit more surreptitiously than this. You, can, you don't have to barge through a conversation and make a big scene and shout and grab him and turn him so that everyone's looking i mean you're just making this worse for everyone i mean it's almost like he's making a spectacle of his son on purpose yeah i know you're struggling right now buddy i think he's kind of just he's he's just floundering at this point he's not thinking straight uh i think it might be worth mentioning helena seems to be maybe prophesying a little more we've seen couldn't understand a damn thing she said to be honest Hand turns loom, spool of green, spool of black. Dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread. Okay. So she said a lot of goofy things, seemingly. Uh Let's see what comes up of them. That makes a lot of of sense, I think. (laughs) Cool. I couldn't make out any of it. I listened to that. Subtitles, baby. Try to get it. It wasn't on the subtitles. Well, oh, you opened oh, close like the close captioning, like the 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 everything showing everything. I should turn those on. Everything, yeah. Uh, and then I love seeing this scene at the beginning of this with all of the dragons there together, not all of them, yeah, but many of them. I counted, uh, it was five or six, yeah. Um, And Fire and Blood, Eustace has a comment. He says uh, there were so many dragons, Driftmark had become the new Valyria. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There were a lot kind of alighting on the rocks. Right. If I've got them right, I'm thinking Dreamfire, Sunfire, Mm -hmm. two Targaryen kids' dragons, Cyrax, which is Rhaenyra's, Caraxes, which is Daemon's, Melee's, which is uh, Rhaenys's. Rhaenys's. Those were the five that were there. Sea smoke should have been there somewhere. I don't know if we saw. You think sea smoke would be there? Yep, sea smoke. So sea smoke. I don't think Vagar was just kind of off by himself. Yeah. And then Bela has Moon Dancer at this point, but we don't know. In in Fire and Blood, Moon Dancer is quite young at this point. So, uh, don't know if she was there. Kind of cool. Yes. Very cool. All right. I have another dragon section later. We'll talk about that. Let's Um, do it. Okay, so the next scene is kind of, I don't, I don't even know if it really should have qualified as a scene, but it's putting everyone to bed. So the Strongs are told to go to bed, 
Viserys is drunk at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, Aegon, you mean? Or sorry, Aegon is drunk at the bottom of the stairs. Viserys leaves awkwardly, uh, <laughs> departing while Allison stays behind. Calling her Go ahead. by the wrong name. Wait, he called Oops. her by the wrong name? Yeah. Oh, that was a big moment, Scanny. That's why she was oh, looking so mean why, at him. That's why I was like, "What? Are you, what? Why is this a big deal? He's just going she, to bed." He says, "I'm going to bed, Emma." Oh my god! I didn't even see it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear it. Wow. And then Harold Westerling steps in and to like kind of correct the situation, and he goes, "What would you like me to do about the lady Alicent or about Queen Alicent?" And and then Viserys looks at her like, "Oh, I just did that." Well. I'm still going to bed. <laughs> he wow. doesn't say sorry or anything. I watched that scene. I'm like, why is this so tense? I mm. get it. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is Allison being like, I wasted my best years on this guy. I wasted wow. my best years on this guy. Yeah. That's what she's feeling. She's not wrong. I mean, I think that I think that goes a long, a long way toward the way she's feeling in general. Absolutely. And, you know, all she's got to show for are, are these kids that she has, and one of them really sucks. Well, <laughs> well one so far, so far. <laughs> uh, but 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 I think you know he doesn't, especially in in the House of the Dragon. I don't know as much in Fire and Blood, but he doesn't seem to care about them. He doesn't seem to like no. them. He calls one of them boy later. Boy, you'll tell me the answer. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah, he seems very disconnected. Yeah, and you mm -hmm. know, he's got a lot going on too. <laughs> His health and As he slowly <laughs> sinks more into yeah. rot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Leonor, drunken scene, comes comes up on the arm of his lover. Amond doesn't go to bed and kind of follows his own drum. I guess the reason I bring this up is all of these strongs are doing what they're told. Viserys is awkward and apparently forgets his wife's name. That just plays into my theme here. He's losing it. He's on the downward slope. Aegon is passed out drunk and not responsible or correctable or even sorry for his behavior. Leonor is causing a scene, obvious distraction to what's going on and not being sly at all about his relationships. Amond is doing his own thing. These are all very much, you know, metaphors for how these characters behave in general and what their effects are. Right. So I kind of like that. That was cool. That is cool. Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, it's also starting to get dark. It is starting to get dark. This scene was okay. But Matt, I have major problems coming up. You weren't the only one. <laughs> I will just say on a lighter note, my favorite part of this whole scene and one of my favorite parts of the whole show when we get little comical moments is how Otto Hightower looks around to make sure no one's watching before kicking Aegon. <laughs> he doesn't walk oh, right up to him. abuse is hilarious. He doesn't go and just be like, hey, buddy, time to get up. He takes a look around. Nobody's watching. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not when fun. you put it but that also, way, Scad. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't be laughing, but the kid's a little punk, and, uh, and I a thought piece it was of funny. shit too. <laughs> Only a piece of shit would do that. Auto sucks. 
Put him on the list. If he wasn't already there, he should, should already be there. Put him on the All list right. again, he left for a while. <laughs> um, the darkness is an issue. Yep. But before that, we get a nice well-lit scene by the fire. Thankful, thank goodness for that friggin' fire. Pride and legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Another moment uh, between Rayanese and Corliss. If you'll remember a couple of episodes back, um, I talked about how I thought, you know, it really highlighted kind of how I thought their relationship seemed pretty solid. The way they were talking to each other it was very respectful. I really liked how Corliss was, as I perceived it, standing up for Rainey's and her claim and everything and getting kind of indignant about that. I thought that was kind of cool of him. Now I'm doing a little bit of my Homer Simpson walk back gif into the shrubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're obviously seeing some deepening fault lines between these two characters and some issues that are that are deep rooted that keep coming back to the surface. Not the not the first of which is the um, the issue with Corliss feeling slighted about Rainey's not getting a crown. Yeah, Rainus says the gods have spurned us for our insatiable pride. Or like, yeah, lose the mm-hmm. anyway. Um, gives him that look. Gives him that look. Oh, I she love calls her. it a falsehood. That he wants it for her, that it's his desire for the throne. Yeah. Yeah. Really going after. Kind of goes a little bit back to my blood thing earlier, right? About feeling passed over. And relevance. And, mm-hmm. Relevance in the, in the kids yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, she, she, she mentions again at the cost of our children. Um, and right. They've had this conversation before. Back in the High Tide episode when, when they were getting uh, Ray and Era and Leonor betrothed. And, she says, at what cost? We know what our son is. What, you know, we're putting, she, I think she literally says, we're putting him in danger by doing this for our Correct. pride. Yeah. And we're back to pride again, right? And, you know, Corliss just brings up his core legacy. <laughs> Pick a second, but I got it. <laughs> Pursuit of legacy would be Corliss's biography name, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there's clearly, like you said, there's clearly some rift here that um, wasn't super evident in the earlier episodes and maybe wasn't really even known to them that much until until these things kind of start hitting the fan. You can kind of shove them under the rug a little bit. Like, things, oh, we disagree, yeah, but it doesn't really up. matter. Right. You know, it's not but now our a daughter's dead. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. And then I guess really the meat of this scene is she actually proposes we we need Driftmark to pass to Bela and not to essentially she's saying not to these strong children, right? Yep, which is actually in agreement with what Veamond was saying mm-hmm. at the funeral. But Corliss uh, is concerned about that and is looking out for appearances. History does not remember blood. It remembers names, he says. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I mean, I think you get both sometimes in history. I mean, we remember. I started thinking about it and I was like, wait a second. Let me think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm definitely not an expert on like the English monarchy, but they're German, right? I mean, they're like mm. 50 years ago, they came over from Germany, I think. And so that they got German blood in there. Nobody forgot that, but. I guess we don't care, but also guess what? 
Nobody knows their name either. Do you know their last name? No. It's like Stratton Hanover something. It's something. Yeah. No idea. It's some. It's not. I, I missed it. It's not that. I'm sorry to my friends across the pond, but I. It's like a hyphenated. Idea. It's a hyphenated name that. I didn't know they had last names. Well, of course they do. Everyone. I mean, <laughs> joking. You know. They're above that. William, Harry, well, Charles. So that is the point. They don't need them really. They right. Don't use them, but if exactly they, if they're needed for like legal documents and stuff, <laughs> they do have it. And I misplaced it now, but it's you know Wyndham Wyndham something. Dad. for their gym membership right so i think you get some of both and some of neither but i think what he's getting at is if we put targaryens because that's what they'd be they're Damon's kids and they'd be targaryens mm-hmm. and unless they you know change their name to valerion and make a thing of it targaryens would now rule driftmark I think right. that's what he's getting at. His history. It is. Remember now, the Targaryens rule Driftmark and Dragonstone and the Seven Kingdoms. Whereas this is, if they remember names, Lucerys will be, according to what King Viserys said in their agreement, Lucerys would always be Lucerys Velaryon, yep. um, unless for some reason he would inherit the throne. At which point, as they said, he would inherit right. as a Targaryen. So, yeah, I mean, um, to boil it down, you know, Rhaenys is saying you know blood matters and right you know, and uh and cole is just saying no it's it's the it's the label that matters it reminded me a little bit about the uh do you like the wine or the label uh, <laughs> conversation from Shit's creek right yeah is, the, is what's inside important or you know is is the label important right so other than the fact that I love the strong kids and I don't care that they're bastards, uh, you know, I think Rainus has got a good argument here. She's got a point. And I think she does see uh, an opportunity to win one for the ladies. Yeah, it's you know? I didn't I didn't really think of it that way, but yeah. I think it is, I think there is a bit of that. I don't think she's maliciously like being like dastardly trying to how can I get the Targaryens to rule Driftmark? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. and I don't think that's what you're saying either. No, I'm not. I think, I think there's I think a bit of that. I think she's saying either way, it's passing to maybe what neither of us would consider as you know the normal mm-hmm. right, for our society and for our for our custom, but we should pick our blood. Yeah. Yep. Ah, <sighs> so then we get Rhaenyra and Damon walking the shore. Yeah. Can I get a torch, please? Yeah. It's real dark. <laughs> now, so so tell me your medium for watching. Yeah, so I, I think probably my TV settings are bad. Like I probably need to Do you watch it on your TV? Up, up the brightness, yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. But it's not good, you know. I sit down in my basement. I have one light on over to the So side. it's pretty dark where so you're watching. It's pretty dark watching. where I am and then yeah, the TV's just I mean, I tell you what, man. If they're not wearing those mix, those wigs, I don't see a damn thing. They're just gone. Just <laughs> Thank goodness minutes, they have white hair. It's five or six minutes of darkness. Just dude. voices. Yeah. Thank Thank God for the for the semi you know occasional Valerian that shows up on the bottom of the screen. Like, <laughs> Sometimes there's a torch, <laughs> <laughs> and Damon doesn't have much of a tan. Um, <laughs> But uh, I watched on my iPad the first okay. time, and it was okay. quite dark. It was very dark. 
Yeah. But my TV was better. My, okay. So maybe my settings were a little different. Yeah, yeah. I probably just need to go tweak them. I remember, I remember thinking that with other other shows and stuff. I don't think it's unique to this necessarily. Yeah. Regardless, it was quite dark. Yeah. Um, which I get it. They have to do this at night when everyone's sure. You know, separated for the evening. The party's over. Sure, and they don't want to carry a torch around, just like my D&D party doesn't want me to carry a torch around because I can't see in low light like <laughs> everyone else in the party can. Duh. Put the torch out, man. You're giving away our surprise. Duh. I'm like, but I can't see here. We got to look out for little, positions, man. My poor little half one can't see in the dark like your dwarf can, man. Come on. Jeez, come on, people. <laughs> um, I know everyone's here for the D&D content. I know. They are. Do we just want to do that for the rest of the night? <laughs> Dude, I'll roll you a character right now. We'll have oh my goodness. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should keep it up. <laughs> uh, so they tried to make an error, she and Leonor. That, that comes yeah. up. Yeah. Um, there was no joy in it. Yeah. And they said she found that elsewhere. I think Leonor did too. And she says it felt good to be desired. And there it is. Yep. There it is. We were questioning what. One of the questions we had last time is, why is she doing this? This is so stupid and thoughtless, the way that you're carrying on like this, you well, know? Yes. And I don't, I don't, I'll have to go back. We gave, we gave, we gave her a decently hard time but for not her, being more careful. Yes. Not being more careful. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with her going and having this relationship. If she and Leonore agreed, they would. Sure. It's more about how they carried on for eight years. The fact that everyone seems to know. I mean, that, maybe they were just using the, the kids as the evidence, and that's why everyone knows. But it feels like they're seen around everywhere, and it's very kind of casually known that they're a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I meant when I gave her crap about not being careful enough. Yeah. But I don't, I don't begrudge her need to feel desired it's a human thing it's and that i think explains why she maybe got careless and lax is it feels good uh it reminded me of a tiny little moment that we talked about i think it was episode two when viserys gets the little gift from allisant and just that pure genuine kind of joy that he felt at someone doing something nice for him for once just and it just I think for the people in these positions where things are constantly being artificially handed to them and gifted to them and all of these things, it just feels good to just at that core human level to feel wanted and desired and yes. loved. Yes. And that to me explains a lot of why Rhaenyra was like cautioned to the wind after a time of just this guy's devoted to me. She says she trusted him. And it just felt right. And it's hard to be clandestine and all these things when it just feels so dang good, you know? I, I yeah, I get it. I, listen, <laughs> I mean, you know, I can relate to this. I can relate to it hard, but there's still, when you have things you're risking. The stakes are incredibly high. The no stakes question. are incredibly high for her. No question. So, I'm not excusing I, that. Yeah. I, I get it. I don't, I don't begrudge her. Right. The axe, just maybe the, the way in which the axe being done, or whatever. Anyway, For sure, I, no I'm question. Not really, I'm not really trying to criticize. You. No question, but, no question. Yeah. 
Can I tell you something that you and may you know, not Ray, agree? Leonora's behavior doesn't help either, right? Like he's super oh, for sure. about it. He's, yeah. I think he's way more obvious than she is about it, based on what And the impression I'm getting from what she's saying, you know, regardless of what happens later in this episode, it feels like she's given up on him. Yeah. Well, in what respects? Like, you know, most of them, most respects, I guess. Well, not that they were too, that there was much to give up on to begin with, but it feels lost cause even trying to keep this up at this point. It's just like, yeah. Writing him off almost completely. Literally says Leonor will be useless or worse. Right. Writing him off completely. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. She basically confirms that. Sorry, even to ask something. Well, I just scad. I haven't complained too much about this show yet to a deep degree. I've had quibbles here and there. I don't get Rainier and Damon. I just don't feel it. Oh, really? Okay. I don't feel it. I feel confidence. Yes. That she wants to like trust him and stuff. I detect maybe it's just me zero chemistry between the two characters. It's not even necessarily the fault of the actors. All their scenes are brilliantly done together. I just, I not, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. It feels forced. I don't, I don't really agree. I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's super strong. I think, Damon is so detached that that forming, you know, forming obvious flirtations with him is probably pretty difficult. But I, it's less, it's less sexual to me and more, uh, more, um, you know, they're they're kind of connected. They feel, they feel cut from the same cloth. They feel yeah. like kindred spirits. That's the word I was looking for. Kindred I think that's spirits. definitely what it, the showrunners are going for. Yeah. I, I have a note later about, you know, congratulations to them because, well, we'll get to it. But I I feel like, and I think this scene is part of it too. You know, they have this, what I call live therapy in my notes, where they're just airing all the crappy feelings they've had about each other over the last eight years or whatever it's been. Um you know, look at what my life became without you, the tragedy it became. You know, she asks if he loved Lana. He's, he's like, well, you're happy enough. He says, I spared you. You were a child. And, you know, what do you think my life's been like? She says, I know little of your life. Like, they're really going at each other mm-hmm. the way only people that really care would. If you didn't care, you'd just be like, whatever. A lot of pent-up stuff, yep. There's, yeah, there's a lot of anguish in there. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, we don't get all the connections between them as she was growing up. But I think I think there was a real sense of spirit that they shared. Um, they're both, I think they're both somewhat power hungry. They're both willing to willing to act. They're not afraid to take some risk. Um, they believe in the destiny of their house. They believe that they're the ones that should be in charge. Um, mm-hmm. I think they just have a lot in common. All true. And the sexual stuff, I don't know. I could, I mean, I get what you mean. I think there's something there, but it's it's more the kindred spirit part to me. Yeah, it that's what I mean. Like, like I was saying, confidants, all that stuff. Yes, it feels like they feel, you know, cosmically connected to some degree. I just don't see the spark. It's like, okay, we're cosmically connected, so let's have a sex scene now. That's what it felt like to me. I like get I don't know. Probably most will disagree with me, 
when they're listening to this, but I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. So, well, we're about to get to the sex scene. I don't know. Yeah. More for this little bit here. No. Um, it yeah, was sweet. We just move right to it. I, I, I felt Maybe like it was really effective. well done. Yeah. I mean, so we have, we have, we have to set aside from it or set apart from it. Uh, Dame, the previous sex scenes we've seen with Damon. Correct. Nothing yep. like this. They're not, yep. they're not slow. They're not passionate. They're not feeling. They're just sex. Mm-hmm. And this feels different to me, which is part of, part of that love story. Yeah, even it's the stark contrast to that fiery lust of their first attempt. Um, Even down, even down, if we're going to get technical, to the actual position, you know, Mm -hmm. before it was he flipped her around and pushed her up against the wall. Mm -hmm. And this was, you know, if we're going to get technical and use terms here, this was missionary position, which is generally more intimate and (laughs) more of a connection is happening there. You know what I mean, though? And it's... All the connections are beautiful connections. So I will point that out. Even if for me, the scene fell a little flat uh, in general. It fell flat for me because I couldn't see a damn thing. Get me a fucking torch. That's where it's nice that they don't have tans. So the the white skin, you know, stood out a little bit. Couldn't see much. Couldn't even tell you who's on top. But, you know, and also in contrast to the game of thrones sex scenes where it was like let's just make this as you know pornographic as possible basically this you know this was a this was a sweet scene um it was well done yeah it was two people you know i mean damon we saw in the last episode he loved leona but he also didn't i think it was clear they were trying to show us he wasn't fulfilled sure by her yeah she felt that too and you know i think rayonera had harwin who was dutiful, and I would dare say she probably did love him, but mm-hmm. but I don't think Harwin scratched the itch, and I don't mean that sexually, but scratched the itch in her soul like Damon does, and so this correct it, it probably is just different. Yep, like I said, uh, I'm calling it a cosmic connection, but and I stand by that. I mean, everyone should have one of those. Yeah, I've got you. <laughs> uh we we stay in the night you have anything else on on this scene torch (laughs) torch uh because we get some more sneaking around Mm -hmm. this time in the form of a 10 year old boy um about that anyways in fire and blood it said even at 10 amon targaryen did not lack for boldness leading up to this scene yeah. Yeah. Um, as he approaches Vagar, mm-hmm. uh, I loved getting an idea as to the size of Vagar by seeing Amon standing next to him. That was pretty impactful for me. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Is Vagar him? I don't even remember. Her. Her. Dragons. Excuse me. Last time we talked Dragons. about it and we settled on, on calling Vagar a they. Uh, but in Fire and Blood, at least, it's her. So, actually, yeah, Gurm refers to it to her as her. I go with with Mace Raymond. Dragons change their gender. This is true too. Let's just go with yep. May. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah, I so comparing it to Fire and Blood too. I really like this scene. Mm-hmm. Fire and Blood, and we'll we'll get to the fight later. But um, in Fire and Blood, Amond is kind of fleeing trouble and just kind of jumps on without any sort of. Uh, he's more afraid of getting caught in the trouble that he's wrapped up in with his cousins, or sorry, his nephews, uh, than he is worried about the dragon. And I think this is way better. This is so much cooler. You just see his his absolute courage, his boldness, his determination. His yeah, determination to solve this problem of being, you know, a, a non dragon rider. Dragon, yeah. It's 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 so much better than what they do in Fire and Blood to me. I love it. I did too, and I I took the note down that in that moment, despite what I feel about Alicent and her her line, I'm not thinking of the political implications of Amond claiming Vagar. I'm not thinking about how bratty it seems like these Targaryen kids could be. I'm just happy that this kid got his dragon. I was yeah. just like, go Amon, get yeah. you that dragon, son. I was yeah. so happy for him in that moment. Uh, and so that just goes to show how well done of a scene it was that you're actually kind of cheering for him. You're like, yes, get it, boy. Well, and also I think I think it was really good storytelling the way that scene unfolds because Vagar challenges. Mm-hmm this rider yeah Vagar's like i'm not gonna fucking you know lay myself out there for some snot-nosed kid you gotta earn this right and Vagar does you know i don't know about all of them but several of the tricks in the book to try to get to get amon loose to to shake to shake him loose and he he hangs on and Mm -hmm. i feel like even those of us that that i feel like i'm spoiling but those of us that hate amon even those of us that hate amon it's most of us to be honest, oh. like hang on, kid. Him. Just like hang you, on, we're kid. For him, <laughs> yep. exuberant joy when he like when he when he's hanging and he like pulls himself back and grabs onto the things and get it, son. Get it. Let's great, go. Great music. It was it was wonderful. It was. It was, it was. By far <laughs> my favorite dragon scene I've, I've seen in this in this series. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, I wonder. I put the note down to your point about how hard Vagar tried. I was saying, was Vagar more like just tired than than challenging Amon? Like, she's like, dude, I'm I don't want to fly right now. Just go away, go away, go. Oh, yeah, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, they they make mention of that in Fire and Blood in a few cases where these old dragons are just kind of like Ugh. irritable but still effective because they're so big and strong. Mm-hmm. I think Viserys rides Balerion, and you get the sense. That it's like Valerian's just like, all right, dude, fine. Like kitty carnival ride, fine, one time. Take you for a ride. Let's but go. Then, like he's done. And, and <laughs> you you I think there's text that says Melis, uh Rayanus's dragon, uh was was large and tired hard to rouse, but fierce when she was or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they get old and they get harder to kind of really really get going but when they rile up giant and they're crazy hard to handle right yeah and so yeah he, vagar may not rise easily but they've got a big fierce dragon now yeah they sure do they sure do as will be pointed out um looked up the words like kitty means calm calm down dude okay and sovez means fly Dohyades, as we know, means serve. I, so I couldn't tell if that if they were saying Dohyades or not. Mm-hmm. I, 
I thought maybe they were. So serve, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There we go. Um, I of course have always said Do Harris. Do Harris. Do Harris. So yeah, the show has helped us uh, yes. say that the correct way. Yes. And totally we sound a lot cooler my, when we say that. Yeah. Totally wrecks my Targaryen pronunciation. Valar do Harris. Yep. Valar do Harris. Valar Margulis. Margulis. Rainier and Damon are on the beach watching some of this. Mm-hmm. And then we get a little bit of a family brawl. So I think Damon senses what's happening i think he senses the shit oh, yeah. and power on the beach yep so, yeah we well, here shifted, we go we just shifted okay. some power ourselves but this is shifting power in a different direction yep yep not optimal uh i first of all just to start the scene off the in in fire and blood it's uh jason luke along with their little brother joffrey who's only about two years old at the time yep. um who who confront Amond after he lands in this of course we have jace and luke who knows where joffrey is uh baby of course um but along with bela and reyna and i actually loved that yeah i thought it was great i thought it added so much uh, more of an emotional impact to the scene with of course the twins being used to that's mom's dragon that he just took so i really loved that little change of having the girls be a part of this I liked it too. Yeah. Yeah, it's better. Um, yeah, in, in Fire and Blood, of course, Joffrey is down there already and sees him trying. He's the one that and goes and gets the boys. Over, right? Yeah. He gets his older brothers after Amon has, has landed. And then this, we just get we just get the attitude uh, afterward from Amon, not, not the confrontation before. Yeah. And he's just... It's like the last 10 minutes of his life, he became cock of the walk, man. He's he's now, it's almost like he it dawned on him. He's now the most powerful dragon rider in the world. And you can just see it in the way he carries himself and the way he deals with people now. He goes to outright cruel. Yeah, you outright don't have Amond at the brazier considering giving some solace. You have mm-hmm. Amond, you know, immediately calling them bastards. Calling them strongs and bastards, yeah. And let's well, Let's admit first, you didn't start this right reyna started it so you know like let's back off on aim and a little bit in this scene he didn't attack yeah he didn't he didn't start it it's four on one it's four on one he's defending himself and so i'll give him a pass until everything up until the rock right when he's ready to do some serious ending life damage yes when he picks up the rock this is like okay He, he i was on your side buddy but what a wicked way to write this in a way that just kind of makes him a villain almost in a single moment. And yeah. there's a music cue that does it too. There's a little music cue. It's like, bah, bah, bah. not exactly like that. But <laughs> That's like it's exactly clear. what it is. <laughs> it's clear what they want you to think. It's like, oh, he just he just turned the corner. Right, yeah. Reminded me of when Damon, of course, picked up the rock with Ray Royce. Mm. And we know how that ended. So you start to think, oh, crap. Um, the book says they fell on him with a fury. And you definitely see that in this, the camera angle and everything of just the three kids. Just ah! like, <laughs> um, 
it's not funny, but you know, <laughs> kind of makes yes. you go, oh my goodness. As the actor play that plays Damon says in the in the post thing, he says it's mental. Yeah, it's fighting. It's insane. It's insane. With no parental anything. So, um, so of course we have multiple people attacking him. He raises the bar by grabbing a rock. Jaceres raises the bar again by pulling a dagger. Yep. Right. And oof, man. Yeah, like his like his father, Jace loses control when parentage is brought up. That's when he whips out the dag. Like his father, like Harwin. Yeah, now Harwin kind of lost control in the yard oh, once yes. Kristen started yes. talking about whose kids were his. Uh, that comes up again when he calls them the Strongs, and Jace yes. draws the dagger. Right, I was thinking of fire and blood, but yes, yes, that happened. yes, right, you're right, same, similar trigger. Um, and, you know, the passing of his father probably makes that oh, for sure. a little bit deeper. For know. sure, good point, yeah. Jace and Luke do work as a team here, interesting to see. Jace looks over a little bit to Luke, whose PCs has picked up the dagger. He's got the dagger. So he throws the dirt in, uh, in Amon's eyes. Luke jumps in. Luke just goes for it which luke comes off we didn't talk about this but it happened in the scene is he seems to come off as kind of the peaceful i don't want violence type of guy he tells corliss you know if i inherit driftmark that means all of you are dead comes off as kind of sweet um but he's the one that delivers the violent fight ending blow yeah you wonder what what this does to his demeanor in general sure um, yeah but he doesn't hold back, man. That little kid went went right for it with his cousins, right? So, yep. I mean, before the dagger too, right? Like he went in, got choked, didn't phase him, picked up the dagger, went for it again. Got his nose broken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Great scene. I really enjoyed it. It's one of the my favorite scenes in Fire and Blood, and they did it better here. So. They did it, uh, yeah, better. I'd agree with that. Really well done. Uh, even if we're seeing children beat up on each other. And of course, the adults come in after the major damage is done. Right after, too. Right after. Right. And, I mean, man, it took them a while. Like, For sure. There's five members of the royal family in there, at least. Plus probably a passed out Aegon. Right. Like, are they, there's no Kingsguard outside the door, like, hearing any of this? Well... And they're like, the princes were supposed to be abed, my lord. They were like, the kids were all in bed. No, Amon never even went to bed. They missed yeah. him completely. Like, yeah. He, yeah. as far as we know, he never even went to his room, right? They're like, like <laughs> it's just Amon. So someone's right. dropping some balls there. Someone, yeah, Amon. His balls drop today. <laughs> Big time. Well played. Time. Well played. Uh, shall we go to the throne room scene? Yeah, throne room. Is that what it is? The Great Hall at Driftmark, whatever it's called. The Hall of Hall nine, of Nine. Hall of Nine. That's that that's is. it. Nine. I didn't look nine. It up. Nine. Didn't look it up. You know, nine's a really significant number. There's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. Um. This. Uh, okay, where to start on this one? Um. Well. Um. 
you know, if you have kids, you know, the first thing that happens when you didn't see a fight is they both blame each other and tell different versions of the same story. You can't tell which one's real. You are always going to side with your kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm talking about when it's between my kids, <laughs> but I see uh, my kids are very respectful around other kids. Mm. Just to each mm-hmm. other that they treat each other like shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before they do these fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. So we're getting stories. I mean, we, oh, we already said Raina started this, but she went after him. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if you, you mentioned it was mom's dragon, right? And if, if I don't want to like make her be a villain or whatever, but or like a ringleader, but if if somebody, Damon Cough, Damon, you know, had been talking to her, to helping her deal with her grief, maybe she wouldn't be misplacing, you know, the value of her relationship with her mother into a dragon that was just written. Exactly. Yeah. And so I wonder if the whole fight would be avoided if, you know, if that didn't, if she had some little help little conversations to, to help her deal with her feelings to help work through feelings started this i don't know would jaceris have been like yeah dude vagar no punch i don't i don't know it doesn't seem as likely like we said having the twins there added such an emotional impact to the scene that yeah yeah agreed right. and, and I, I get why they'd be angry about it but yeah uh, to me, the star of the scene, this is a great scene across the board, but old Patty Considine, or however you say his last name, mm-hmm. just being able to play the old decrepit falling apart king who is absolutely just flustered in knowing what to do next and how to handle this while at the same time being so upset and angry and being able to balance all of those things, still making the king feel like he's weak and tired and old, but being able to have a little bit of the dragon come out in him too. I just thought that his performance in this scene in particular was just masterful like give this guy some sort of award for how he's been able to play this slow decline of the series throughout the series so far uh i loved it i loved it yeah i don't i don't disagree with any of that um you know i think balancing frail and aged and diseased with still powerful is a it's a tough ask Mm -hmm. he does it pretty well uh but still vulnerable right and yeah, you know, not able to just completely defend, defend lost his own dagger from you know his wife taking it from him, right? And no idea what to do next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, and it's it's not you know the way this is handled here, not a huge departure from how it's handled in Fire and Blood. No, um, pretty pretty similar. We get more detail, we get more verbiage from from Viserys. But yeah, I mean, so I guess you know we get there by Rhaenyra demanding, you know that to understand who started these rumors. Meanwhile, everyone, ev- everyone in the hall is doing that little, that little bear meme that's like his eyes shift and then look back for it. You know what I mean? It's like every, every single guy person in the hall is like, I, I are told you, someone. Did are you get getting it? From me? Did they get it from me? Cause I told someone once. 
Right. And you, you, you feel bad for Aegon. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you feel kind of bad for Aegon. The scene starts yeah. with Alicent giving them the absolute business. Why weren't you there to stop this? How yeah. could you let this happen, big brother? He's like, what yeah. the? I was sleeping. Yeah. And then, then Amon puts the blame on him. Amon's yeah. <laughs> yeah. reveal that it was Aegon reminded me of a Christmas story. When where did you hear that word he's like i had heard that word a million times from my old man i <laughs> knew i couldn't say that no nope. right he, he wasn't gonna say allison <laughs> he right? wasn't gonna it was say totally mom allison totally he wasn't gonna allison. say mom and he's yep. like uh hey gone oh, totally you... christmas story you mentioned how close this, this is one of the scenes that in my opinion is one of the most close to the books as uh, as, as any scene we've seen so far. Uh, it talks about King Viserys tried to make a peace requiring each of the boys to tender an apology to his rivals. Um, these courtesies did not appease their vengeful mothers. Queen Alicent demanded that one of Lucerys' eyes be put out. Princess Rhaenyra would have none of that, but insisted that Prince Aemon should be questioned sharply. Which, come on, Rhaenyra. Uh, until he revealed where he'd heard her son's called strong. Um, when pressed by the king, Prince Aemon said it was his brother Aegon who told them they were strongs. And Prince Aegon said only everyone knows. Just look at them. Which I think is verbatim. I think that's yeah, exactly uh, what he says in the episode. He says, we know. Everyone knows. Just look at them. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. We know. Everyone knows. Just look at them. Yeah. To which, at which point, Luke, poor little Luke, just like cuddles into his mom. Yeah, just like, like this poor kid. Um, doesn't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, no, very faithful. Um, yeah, it, it, the, the way Viserys handles this, too, like he's, he's raging, right? But you can see how far he's fallen toward, toward ineffectiveness. Right. He's raging. He demands apologies. Nobody apologizes. Yep. He demands everyone to put it away. Nobody puts it away. He yep. demands that Alicent repeat. This is, he says, this is over. Do you understand? And she says, nothing. Viserys, buddy, guess what? This is not a time where you can just let silence be an answer. You have to say, answer me. This is over, right? Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't give an answer, you ask again, right? Because this is, you got to put an end to this. And he doesn't. He just lets silence be an answer. And lets he it go. Away. Another one is just letting everybody stay in the room. Like there are yeah. what fifty people in there. Yeah. Everyone out except for my family. Leave. So and everyone stays because <laughs> they're all related. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so point out the specific people: <laughs> Rainer and your kids, Allison and the kids. You guys stay. Maybe Otto is hand. I don't know. Corliss and Rainey's. It's your house, so you can stay too. Everybody else out, out, yeah. out, out, out. Yeah. And no, no. Let's just air our dirty laundry in front of everybody. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that yeah. his own son is sitting there without an eye. Mm -hmm. And the thing that he's upset about is the strong stuff. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get where Allison's pretty ticked off right now. Of like, my kid is sitting here with one eye and you're raging about the parentage yeah. situation question. Here's, I'm going to get shit on for this. Here's, here's why I get it. The eye is gone. 
in business, that's what we call a sunk cost. The rumor thing, that will persist forever. And they are the heirs. And they're the heirs, right? So yep. this is a problem that is going to be in Viserys' way for as long as he lives, if he doesn't get rid of it. The eye is a problem, but it's over. There's what, like he says to Allison, what do you want me to do? Like, it, it's Exactly. Gone. Yeah, it's that's done. the logical, 100% correct answer. I agree. And, you know, she, he says, don't, you know, do not allow your temper to guide your judgment because she demands it's kind of shades of Cersei and, and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thrones. A lot of um, that going on. But she, you know, she demands an eye from Luceris in return. And yeah, he says, do not let, allow your temper to guide your judgment. He's, he's trying to move forward knowing what the situation is now. He lost an eye. There's nothing we can do about that. You want me to maim one of my grandchildren? Are you crazy? Sure. Yeah. So I, I get why she's upset, of course. But from Viserys' perspective, what's he going to do? Right. He could, he could show more pity toward them. He That's could. the logical answer. And what I'm saying is be a dad for a second, Viserys. Yeah, yeah. Like That's you said, true. how they just don't have a connection with his children i think you are 100 correct and it's perfectly highlighted right here is yeah. be a dad for a freaking second he says to to aegon after after uh aemon schwartzism he says he says tell me where you heard this boy like, mm -hmm. i'm your son dad come on like you don't even know that it came from me you're just believing him like give me a sec yep exactly and that that's 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 rough. That's rough. Everything you've explained is one hundred percent correct about yeah. being being a sunk cost. We got to move forward, and this needs to be put to rest. This issue about parentage, because these are the heirs to the throne right here. And uh, and just to, to double down on it for a second, remember that especially in House of the Dragon, not less so in Fire and Blood for sure, but in House of the Dragon, remember that Viserys is trying to protect the prophecy. It's been shown that this is like, this is his big thing. Protect this prophecy. This is the legacy of House Targaryen. We need a Targaryen on the throne for this thing. And at the moment, Rhaenyra is the one that knows about this. Rhaenyra's offspring could be the prince that was promised, could be the one to sit the throne, could be that person, right? And so he has to protect that. If he doesn't, there's all sorts of, in his mind at least, there's all sorts of consequences to it. Yeah, He's riding with Rhaenyra. Here is the horse. I, I went in on her. Yep. Yeah. And I have to see this through. So he has yep. to protect it. And so he has to deal with this, this claim of, of bastardy. Mm -hmm. Even though to us, it seems like the kid lost an eye. I mean, we're worried about some rumors, you know? Yep. And Allison, for her part, is just a master of deflecting, excusing, accusing, just. It's so good at changing the topic. Well, where's Lenor? Why isn't he here? Yeah, Shouldn't he yeah. be? <laughs> so petty. Oh my um, gosh. Uh, she's brilliant at it. Um, and then, you know, we got the moment where she grabs the knife, as you said. No one stops them. Yeah. Thrilled, thrilled the daggers making another appearance. Love yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody stops them. I, I think maybe it happened so fast nobody could stop before they got there. And then maybe they think if they intervene maybe you can't put a hand on the well yeah that. royal women like 
True, but also like if they try to get in the way, maybe they'll cause harm. Right. Right. That's like in that's that's what they do in hockey fights is the refs stand back and let them fight until someone falls down generally or they get tired because you might yep. cause more chaos by right. inserting yourself. So in Romeo and Juliet, uh, someone steps into the fight that Mercutio is having uh, and and he ends up getting stabbed underneath kind of between them. So tragic. And when the fight was kind of, I don't want to say it was playful, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't likely to end in death, probably. Right. Uh, in in the way it was set up, but but Ben I think it was Benvolio jumps in to try to stop it, and the blade goes through and kills Mercutio. Right. So they might be trying to avoid, you know, Benvolio situation. And seeing this thing through, <sighs> yeah. But it's like, just at least get her to drop the knife or something, you know, like something. Otto's, something. Otto's calm. Allison dropped the blade. It's just right. calm. Just like Allison dropped the blade. Like, let's get a little urgency in there. Buddy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's put some. Let's put some belief behind that request. Even if Viserys would have been just like telling the king's guard to step in, so it's the command of the king or something. Yeah. But nothing. nothing. At the same time, it's great because we get this moment between. We get a women. beautiful moment, and that's and, why is we get yeah. a wonderful moment. Yeah, thank God nobody said anything because this moment is, uh, I think it's maybe my maybe my favorite quote in the series, let alone this episode. Exhausting, wasn't it? Exhausting, hiding, that one? Hiding beneath the cloak of your own righteousness. But it. now they see you as you are. And then you get a very telling, not as effective, but a very telling quote from Allison immediately prior to that. Where is duty? Where is sacrifice? It is trampled under your pretty foot again. Just the pure jealousy that she feels at the freedom that Rhaenyra has. This goes back again, I think, to the Alicent feeling like she gave up the best years of her life to be in this situation now. Where yeah. she she has had to do her quote-unquote duty. Where she has had to sacrifice. And we've seen some scenes that back that up that were hard to watch, you know, um, I'm thinking of the scene where, where Viserys calls Allison to bed that one time. And you know, that's not the only time that happened. Um, so this is just that pure rage and jealousy bubbling over finally. And her saying that and revealing that. And then Rhaenyra follows up with that great quote, hiding beneath the cloak of your own righteousness. Yeah, I think you're right. Al Allison uh, does not believe Rhaenyra has earned this spot she has. Because you need to get to it the same way I did. Perhaps. And also, even if she had it at one point that was legitimate, her behavior has should have cost it. Should have cost that position. Sure, yeah. I have behaved pristinely, perfectly, done everything that was asked, and you've been terrible. It shouldn't be you anymore. He should change his mind. Yeah. This man that I've given everything to should change his mind and choose me and my sons. And she, I think she legitimately believes she, she believes that. that. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And listen, Rainier's behavior is a pretty, you know, it's pretty, I think she feels like she just deserves it. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's okay to be empathetic Entitled. to, yeah, you can feel empathy towards Allison while not agreeing with her yes <laughs> you know what i mean like totally. 
Uh, and that's okay, everybody. It's okay to feel that. Um, I mean, we talked about it last episode, right? I mean, it maybe isn't this cut and dry exactly, but she had a pretty easy way to protect her children and get out mm-hmm. by agreeing to this marriage proposal. And she chose not to. Correct. Sorry, for her children, I mean, not for Correct. Elena, not yeah. For herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some things tra- wrapped up in that about power and, you know, who's really in charge and are my children still in danger? Maybe, but it feels like she could have pretty easily put them put in that, a safe place, yeah. put that to yeah. bed, if that was her real concern. She feels she's earned this now. Right. And that's kind of like Corliss. Her pride, her righteousness thinks that her children should have the throne now. Right? Yep. This is it. This is it. Allison we, would be one of those people who is furious about student debt being canceled. <laughs> That's going to piss so many people off, Matt. Oh, well, there You're it right. is. You're right. You didn't earn that. You're right. I earned that. I worked really hard. So you need to work as hard as I did. Um, That's a great comparison. Uh, <laughs> Then we get, I may have lost an eye, but I gained a dragon. Yeah, that's that's almost verbatim from the book as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, on one hand, that's a really awesome moment. Like him, I mean, yeah, it's couched in all this thing where he saw him like picking up a rock ready to kill some kids and stuff. But just the 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 visual of that, him standing there in the light of the fire with this freshly stitched up face saying something like that at 10 years old, it's pretty bad, eh? Like, it was pretty cool. Um, it's also really troubling. <laughs> it just it just viscerally, like, demonstrates how mixed up these questions of identity are for these children yes. when it comes to dragons. Yes. That uh, he's even saying that. Yes. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's a bigger, it, being a dragon rider is a bigger part of me than, like, my eye. Than sight. Yeah. It's messed up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um anything else on on this really great scene? We spent a lot of time on it and we should have because it's it's the scene of this episode for sure. We beat to death. We didn't really talk about Damon or Cole or uh or uh Kristen at all. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's really worth mentioning too much. Kristen Kristen shows a little deftness. Allison orders him to go maim Lucerus, and he's like, ah, my job is to protect you, you know, like, not to, like... He works his way out of that pretty yeah, ably. Kind of yeah, showed a little bit of, of deftness there. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and Damon, I think, showed his loyalty as well, stepping in the way and making sure that Kristen didn't intervene. <laughs> I love it in the post in the post-scene stuff, uh, Matt Smith says, I think it's just like one little sentence. He's like, I think Damon's a leaner. And, and it shows a bunch like of scenes of everything. Damon leaning. leaning. He leans on everything. It's brilliant. It's hilarious. Yeah, I loved it. And just that he had that insight just shows what yes. kind of actor he is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because it fits him so well. He's yeah. a leaner. Reminds me of while you were sleeping. That little chick flick. Is that guy bothering you? It looked like he was leaning. Mm-hmm. Leaning, Matt. I don't. I feel like you know that movie too well. If you pulled that line out, it is a top five rom com for me. Oh, 
really. While you were I'm sleeping. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's Sandra. Yep. Not traditionally one of my favorite rom com actresses. Who's <laughs> not traditionally one of my not, favorite actors really, either. Really. <laughs> I mean, he's not a bad actor, but a rom com is kind of brilliant family dynamic, though, going on. There's a dinner scene that is just to die for. Um, my family used to be able to quote the whole dinner scene. We could sit at the table, and my whole family growing up, parents and oh. siblings, could do that whole scene. That's why I love the family stone. I love the family dynamic. Right? That's what makes stuff these things great. Um, Do you want to move on to auto-analysant? I'm glad we still throw in some of these non-sequiturs, Matt. We should. <laughs> I hope you guys like it, too. Uh, yeah. So, we have, yeah, we have this little scene with auto-analysant uh, discussing Hightower, potential for Hightower victory, for Hightower's to yeah. come out on top of this thing. Right. You completely lost it, Alicent. Cut up a print, wounded the princess, the heir apparent to the Iron Throne. I'm so proud of you right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is basically it. <laughs> yeah, he said drop the dagger, but he saw what he wanted to see in that moment. Oh, yep, he's, sure did. I'm so proud of you, sweetie. He's got a fighter in there. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Alicent's righteousness kind of shines through against herself for once here. Grace herself. My husband, but but she says all these ugly things about how it reflects poorly on her. But then at the end, she gets to the real truth. The real truth, Allison fans, my mm -hmm. husband's favor will always rest on her now. And that's it. That's the thing she's most upset about. Yeah, not that she I ruined herself, it. Yeah. Not that she disgraced herself. Not that her righteousness is gone or besmirched her honor or anything. She's most upset that she thinks she's now insured. That Rainier is always going to be, always going to be on top in this fight. Yeah, yeah. But Otto basically kind of comes in and says, "Forget about Viserys. We'll win without him." Kind we of, don't need him. That, yep. Yeah, that's the tone. It's like, mm -hmm. we, you know, we need to smooth things over, but like, stick with me and we'll make this happen. You know. Yep. He has been planning on some sort of conflict all along, yeah. and he's already keeping track of which dragons are which. Uh, he's he's got plans, and in my mind, they are not non-violent plans. Well, he, he straight up says uh, this roguish boy, this something boy, referring to Amon. Um, his grandson. This, yes, his grandson. ETW. That this guy has taken, you know, kind of ensures that they've got a chance here. He sees right. a, he exactly. sees a shift in power with this one night. Where now they've got the biggest dragon in the kingdom, and and oh yeah, I've got a daughter that'll fight, and game on mm -hmm. for him. I think here we go. Yeah. I don't know if it was meant to be a a dad thing or something, or just uh, a nice little nod to us. But when he says he lost an eye, he would have lost a thousand. He could have lost a thousand eyes, and it would still be worth it. Mm -hmm. The famous Song of Ice and Fire quote, a thousand eyes in one. Mm -hmm. um, Blood Raven. Yeah. Yeah. Thousand eyes in one. So then, then we get okay. uh, Rhaenyra and Leonor. There he comes, he comes in, he's missed the whole thing. Leonor. Did wasn't it the, you know. Who knows? Was out doing whatever. Yeah. Uh 
should have been there. Should have been the house words. Right? Yeah, she's really defensive at the beginning of this conversation. Yes. Yeah. It, it's almost like maybe she's not ready for a fight, but she's ready to give it to him a little bit. She's ready to lay yeah. into him a bit. It feels like it's almost like I don't know if you've ever been like about to punish your kids. Mm-hmm. And then they shock you, and before you can punish them, they're like, I know what I did, and it was so terrible, and I'm sorry. And like they come at you with all these things that they're going to do differently, and you're like, Oh, well, I can't really wind out of sales. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, you're, you're happy that they've shown, credit, yeah, but right. you were planning to punish, you were planning to like give them the lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's true. I yeah, said punish this... like with my fist. I don't, I didn't know what I meant. Guys. I just meant like. <laughs> Not like auto kicking Aegon while no one was watching. Um, And then we end up with a super sweet scene. Um, You know how I like these quiet scenes. This was my favorite scene of the episode, actually. Oh, really? Performance wise, the things that were said, uh, you know, I love the action and everything, but my favorite are these character moments. And this scene was just absolutely touching to me mm-hmm. from both Rhaenyra and Lenor. Yeah. So dive into it. Man. Um, you know, and, and in going back to the conversation that Rhaenyra and Damon had on the beach makes this mm-hmm. scene even more impactful to me. Yeah. And they have these moments where no one else is around, so they don't need to pretend they don't need to lie to each other. I'd hope to bear your children, she says. Mm-hmm. I actually, this is actually a very telling line. It shows that, you know, while they were going to find joy in others as they agreed to, she was okay with, and even as she said, I had hoped, she had even hoped for having a family with this man. Yeah. And okay. having some semblance of connection and partnership. Even if, you know, those physical desires weren't fulfilled in each other. She actually had aspirations of having a partnership with this man. Yeah, I think that that goes with the, we'll do our duty, right? I think that sure. goes with that part. But yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out. But, but yeah, her intent was there. I think, I think he probably felt the same way. He says right after that, mm-hmm. I hate the gods for making me the way they did. I had hoped to bear your, or, uh, he says it that back to her, doesn't he? No, it was just her. No, I'm sorry. Yes. But say that line because that's really great too. Well, it's after what she, it's after mm-hmm. kind of, she's gone through that. And he says, yep. I hate the gods for making me the way they did implying that they didn't succeed because the gods made him, you know, the way they because did. he's gay, because he's gay. Because yeah. Cause he's gay. I suppose. Um, I just say that because I hear that more than I would ever want to hear it. You never want to hear it. Just being a man of faith and hearing that from children. And it breaks your heart from teenagers that say those same things. Why did God make me this way? Yeah. God made you because you're perfect. You are perfect just the way you are. And so it, it's, it's heartbreaking. But anyways, and, sorry. And well, I'm Rhaenyra. <laughs> it's your scene. I should be letting you talk about it. Uh, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra plays your role there. Right? Mm-hmm. She says, I do not. You're honorable. You know, I loved uh, that. You're a, I don't, I had good father, but then the last time I listened to it, I thought she said something else. Um, you're an honorable man with a good heart. Good it is heart. a, it is a rare thing, she says. A rare thing. Good heart. You're special. In other words, Lenor, you are a special man. 
Yeah, and but but it's interesting because that does seem to contradict that he'll, the what what she, what was it before she said you'll, he'll be useless now. Right. It seems. It seems those two things seem a little bit incongruous. Of course, she had yeah. a different audience. So she had a different audience, but she seems very sincere here. At the same yeah. time, I wondered if like she found that fulfillment that she'd always been looking for with Damon. And it's like, I have that now. And it helped her put into perspective Leonor. Leonor's actions and stuff. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. humility that he came to her with initially, like you said, when your really kids come to you humbly, kind of just, you know, helped her open up and soften her old heart a bit. You know, admitting, I love those boys, but maybe I didn't love them enough, you know, and all the other things that he says to kind of open up the conversation. Right. And to which, you know, at the end of this conversation, he's saying he's recommitting to her. I recommit myself to you. Yeah. Get my happiness. I don't need to be happy. Like I'm going to do my duty to you. I'm going to raise these boys. We're going to do it right. We're going to get them on a path. You know, the rumors will go away. He doesn't say that, but I think he's hoping that his behavior will start making those rumors go away. Mm -hmm. I doubt that's true, but, um, you know, I think maybe that's part of what he's hoping. Um, you but deserve I, better than what I've been. You deserve a husband. Yeah. But it, but Rhaenyra in the acting, I mean, Emma, they do they do a fantastic oh, job in this scene. I think you can see that Rhaenyra doesn't believe that will work, that he'll be miserable. Right. And that she yep. doesn't want that for him. I appreciate that you're saying this. I appreciate the place it's coming from. I'm skeptical still. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want but, it for you. Right. Yeah. Cause she doesn't, you're special. She just told him you're special and you're a good man. I don't want you to be miserable. Right. And that's why I love this scene so much. Is it two, two people desperately kind of wanting the other to be happy, but at the same time, how, yeah. How I love the little moment where she laughs. It's just this, it's this beautiful little, brilliantly acted, just little laugh when he talks about when we were going to find joy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And she does this little laugh like, oh, we were just idiots back then. <laughs> we were. <laughs> and yet she did. What we knew what now. Did. I think we mm-hmm. found some of that. But, yeah. Uh, you know, Dennis Leary says, you know, happy, nobody's happy. Happiness is a chocolate chip cookie or five second orgasm. It's, you know, <laughs> you have moments of happiness. Nobody's right. happy, happy. I don't know mm. if I believe that, but it's something I've always remembered from his No Cure for Cancer comedy special back in, like, I don't know, 96 or something. Dang, Old. digging deep, scatty. Old. But, yeah. but throw this one on the pile of just another great one-on-one husband and wife convo, yeah, you know, in House of the Dragon. We've had a bunch of them that we've talked about that, again, maybe defy logic in some situations that maybe demonstrate the imperfection of two people. But that's what makes them really beautiful, I think, is two people tr- kind of trying their best. Yeah, and being and, honest with each other. And just being open with each other, yeah. yeah. And I wonder, I put a note on here, was this a life-saving conversation? As we'll get to later. Sure. Did this conversation save uh, Leonor's life? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um. So now we get uh, to a, a brief scene. Allison apologizes to Viserys for her behavior, and also the, the Greens kind of departing. And you know, I, the apology is pretty simple. She's really trying to make up for it and get back in his good graces. 
as she and Otto discussed. But really the important part is seeing Vagar leave with the two other dragons with the dragons. Yep. Right. This is, I think it's meant to show us, yep, this is that shift in power, right? Mm-hmm. This is important. Three dragons it's, flying away. Sunfire, Dreamfire, and Vagar. Mm-hmm. Now Sunfire is the youngest Dreamfire, um, pretty old Dreamfire. Been around a little bit. Yep. Reina Targaryen, Reyna, I yep. believe, originally. Um, and then Vagar, of course, the biggest oldest dragon in the world now. Uh, the Greens from Fire and Blood also had Tessarion, who was too young at this point to be ridden or anything, but but was there. Um, we've no mention yet of Daron or yeah, who would have been his rider? Yep. For in Fire and Blood, maybe that won't show up here. We'll see. Um, the Blacks though have. I think Cyrax, Melis, Caraxes, Sea Smoke for the moment. Sea Smoke maybe. is Leonor's. Yeah. So, but end of episode, maybe. Who knows? What, what, what does yeah, mm-hmm. what does a guy leaving in a rowboat do with his dragon? <laughs> Good we'll question. Back to that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then bela has got her dragon. Bela's got Moon Dancer and Vermax, and, and Juceris has Vermax, right? Right, yeah. Both probably similar ages, I would think. Maybe mm-hmm. Vermax is maybe a little older. Um, and then I think it's mentioned that Luke has a dragon too. We haven't seen Tyraxes. Right. Um, well, if I if I remember correctly, Vermithor is still alive, right? Yeah. Jaehaerys' no, no dragon, but no rider, mm-hmm. so free agent. Yep, free agent. Yep. And and also Alessand's dragon, right? Right. Uh, moon, who's, moon. Whose name is completely leaving me. People are yelling at us right now, yes. telling us a name. Silverwing. Silverwing. There you go. Very yeah. good. Yep. Oof. Thanks, Cat. Goodness gracious. Could have been bad. Listen, we don't profess to be dragon, dragon lord keepers. I love it when we back ourselves into a corner. <laughs> We've done it for eight years and we'll do it for eight more. Always better. Um, yep. But we see uh, Alicent also following Otto's counsel to a T. Just be yeah. the penitent perfect wife, which she is here. Yeah. And we see Viserys doing what Viserys does best, which is saying we will speak no more of it. Yeah, Quiet. The phrase that Alicent has probably heard more in the last mm. dozen years than anyone has ever heard it ever in all the times it's been said in the history of the world (laughs) also though i mean as a nice parting gift she has a lovely looking cloak oh yeah yeah dressed to the nights uh so then we get rainier and damon on fire and water uh everything experience possesses ode to fire about that but okay okay Uh, c offers an escape our first clue. Yeah, first <laughs> maybe. Clue, maybe some, some misdirection here. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's a very small scene uh, of, of, I think, Rhaenyra trying to convince Damon of, you know, their simpatico. Yep. We need uh, to see this thing through. They need to stick together. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get Laris and Allison scheming on a boat. Or That's rather... So Laris trying to scheme on a boat. Now Allison saying, stop! Don't murder anyone yet. Don't do it. 
I don't need an I yet. None of this, none of this implicit stuff of anything. I'm telling you in no uncertain terms, just do not kill anybody. But also leaves a little breadcrumb. He's like, you know, I. If you're a good boy, maybe I'll let you kill somebody later. (laughs) I will value people with skill and discretion soon. Right. Uh, Which makes you wonder how the rest of Otto and Allison's conversation went. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we get to the good stuff. We're back to Rainier and da- Damon. Mm-hmm. First mention of greens, by the way. The term. Yes. If I can't face the greens alone or something. Right. Yep. Um. I do love Leonor. She says she admits to Damon. But we got to see this thing through, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. We can't get married unless he dies. I know. That I know. And anyone who's read Fire and Blood is just going, oh, Oh. all right. Here it is. (laughs) Could not marry unless Leonor were dead. I know. Um, Yeah. I I mean, it, it feels... First of all, it feels soon. Just throw that out there. Like maybe give it a few weeks. I don't know. I don't know how long it actually takes for the for all of this to play out. Like, right. You know, Damon goes and talks to Corey, and they got to set up the whole thing. And it, it may not be like over one day, but like, I think they're still on Driftmark here. They're, they are. It's not. It's not like they wait months to do this. Right. Maybe a little tact, like a little bit of tact. It feels like it's no more than a few days. Yeah. After I don't know for sure. Been, to see right that they're well essentially planning their wedding right? mm-hmm. yeah they're well the ships are sailing away as they're talking about it yes but as far as the actual um carrying out of the plan with leonor you know that could have like you're saying been a yeah. few days right or even a week or something yeah i don't think it's super long though um right so anyway to stop bearing the lead damon goes and hires Corey. It feels like when he's doing it, he's asking him to he asks for a quick death with witnesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, well played by, by the showrunners and the directors. Because it still sounds like Corey's going to kill Leonor, which is what us Fire and Blood readers are expecting. Yeah, and it was killed, He w- it was done at a fair in Spicetown. Yes. It was in just in front of all the people that all the passerbys that happened to be there. So, right. Yep. As you're saying, fits. Fits. And then, and then what actually happens is they play act a fight in front of one witness who runs in front of a servant. Yep. (laughs) Even though they ask for witnesses, there is no witness uh, because he runs away to get help. And Damon has murdered some poor other guy to take Leonor's place and burn in the fire to pretend to be Leonor. Do you think this would work, Matt? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it all depends on how fast they can get the servant. The, the servant can yeah. get out to some guards and get the guards back. Cause as soon as that door closes with the servant running out of the room, it's gotta be like, okay, pull the dead guy out of the corner. We stashed him in, yeah. throw him in the fire real quick. 
put him in the same exact clothes that he was wearing. Yeah, which and they would have done that ahead of time, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, my parents know these are my boots. Just light them on the guy. You know, that could have been done beforehand. Throw him in the fire, and then we both got a jet before the guards can come in. So I think it could be pulled off. Birthmarks on his legs or anything. Correct. Correct. I didn't love it, but okay. Uh, so there's some, there's, there's also some, uh, there's some talk going on, uh, some uh, over this, away. yeah. Mm-hmm. Over this, uh, you know, Rainier is somewhat hesitant about this. Plan. I think it's her plan, but she's still hesitant about it. Right, uh, which further adds the misdirection. Realm will whisper that I was yeah. responsible. Uh huh. That it's taking. Uh, it's taking away Rainus and Corliss's last remaining child. Which sucks. She's, she's got some angst about that, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Rainus has been not a mother figure for sure, but but kind of I think she's she's talked to her, she's counseled her a little bit, and it's been a little bit um combative sometimes. Right. But but I don't I think Rainier likes them. So doing this to them probably she doesn't love. Yeah, it's her mother-in-law, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that's a nice wrinkle to this. That Damon wants it to look like they did this. Yeah. He actually Let wants there to be suspicion because he wants Rhaenyra's future subjects to fear her. Yes. And know that she can get mean when she needs to, unlike her father. Yes. Yeah. Let them whisper. You must cultivate love and respect, but your subjects must fear you. They will fear what else we might be capable of. He wants everybody to think that it was them. Yes. But not be able to prove it. Right. And meanwhile, that's crazy. Meanwhile, they're not actually even doing it. No. <laughs> I mean, they still killed. They still no, murdered really. a guy. They still they still they killed a dude and threw him in the fire. They went to great lengths to, yeah. But that's what's crazy about this one, and kind of crazy brilliant in a really twisted way. But let's establish fear without giving them enough yeah. proof to actually charge us with anything. It's, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's wild, yeah. Scad. Yeah, it is. It's an it's an interesting twist. Um, we can let's I guess let's get to the twist and then we'll talk about it. So then we get we get the wedding itself. This looks to me like it happens on Dragonstone. Agreed. Stop, the mist the, and everything, it fills, and which would see, make it the only scene in this whole episode no. not on Driftmark. Yeah, we have Gerardus there, which I think was yeah. well. so. I think it's probably Dragonstone where this is happening. Uh, they become blood brothers first before they get married. They cut their palms open and. The blood brother thing. So that's, and do you think the the stuff they were drinking was that maybe blood? It was I don't know. Could be. I thought about it. Don't want to. I hope not. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. I, so I this is where I made my note. I got I, I got to admit I think it feels right for them in some you know strange twisted way. It feels it feels right them being married. And the marriage scene was yeah it did go a little further for me. Uh, I mean, just to me, yeah, credit to the showrunners and directors for for pulling me here because I've never liked that relationship. 
I've never thought it felt right in Fire and Blood. And it kind of, you know, incest aside, it kind of feels like they fit together to me. Destiny-wise yeah. and, you know, all this stuff. It feels like a destiny-wise relationship. Yeah. It does. It does. And I liked seeing the different marriage ceremony, you know, following apparently Valyrian custom. Uh, the book talks about that uh, it happened intentionally quickly yes. before the king could find out anything that was going on <laughs> because Rhaenyra knew Viserys would be pissed. So, Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking about days With after that. Rhaenyra's death. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, they leave probably semi-immediately, maybe before, like, I don't know, maybe before he's even found or while it's happening, they leave. I don't know, but the marriage seems to happen right then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the last scene, which is Corey escaping in a little rowboat with a shaved-headed Leonor. Holy crap! Which is a twist. And, and everyone's uh, just like, wait, is that really hit? Oh, yeah. that's him! And I, I you was did still, it, showrunners. You did I it, was, showrunners. I was thinking they were going to pull the double blind on us, and Caraxes was going to come in and like shoot, shoot the little rowboat with fire. And didn't even think trick, about that. And trick us again. But no, they didn't. Maybe it'll be the, the top of the next episode. What a super week. Did you like the twist, Matt? I did. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I didn't. But okay. go ahead. Tell me why. Well, I just, I, I think it leaves a lot of things open that we can talk about in Dragons After Dark. Um, and I think it fits what they'd constructed throughout the episode of Rhaenyra caring for Leonor um, and kind of that reestablishing of that care for each other. Uh, of course, if they would have killed him, that would have just added more gravitas to the the moment too. So that could have been something we could have talked about by saying, man, she had this great moment with him, but she still did what she felt like she needed to do, which was off him so she could marry Damon. So that could have been a discussion we would have been having anyways. Um, but I, I liked it. I liked it. In the book, it makes it very clear that, in my mind, that Leonor's dead. There's no question. They find his body. He's killed publicly. Yeah. Corliss comes and claims his body like he did. So this isn't and- something where they can shoehorn this back in. And Corey's found dead later too, right? Uh, yeah. Corey had fled by then. He was never seen again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, here's so, why I don't. Here's why I don't like. I feel like the show has done an even better job. An even better job. The book doesn't do a great job to me of making the two options of the greens and the blacks similarly sympathetic. I don't think, sure. I don't think they do. The greens are, mm-hmm. to, they seem to me like pretty clearly the wrong side. Both sides yep. are bad. I've said this lots of times here and on Twitter and elsewhere. Yep. We're meant, to, we're meant to side with the blacks. But it feels in the book like, well, you know, Rhaenyra was done wrong and she yep. becomes terrible, but it wasn't her fault, you know, how that this started. And... I feel like the show has done a better job of making those scales a little bit more even. Mm, okay. Um, giving Allison some, you know, some sympathy, right, for her situation where she is. Agreed. Showing Viserys and his fall, you know, from being capable and 
you know, Allison taking over and him not treating his grandson or his sons well and, you know, various things. I think, I think it's done a better job of making it level than the book did. But doing this feels like it just elevates Rhaenyra to a, it elevates the Blacks. Like, oh, they're kind. Right. Like they, they could have just easily killed this guy and not had any of his risk. And instead they were kind and sent him on his way. Mm-hmm. It feels like it, it feels like they're putting their, they're putting their, uh, their foot on the scale a little bit to, to tilt it toward the Blacks. Uh, I think so. I think definitely so. And I don't like it. I would I would have preferred it to be kind of more more on even terms. Right. Yeah. I okay. think I think they definitely feel a need to establish a side that we're supposed to be sympathetic with. And it's that side. <laughs> Is it because they don't trust humans to be discerning audience? I guess so. I hate to compare it to Game of Thrones because it's so much better in Game of Thrones, but it was kind of that whole taking the gray out of Tyrion Lannister's character mm. in Game of Thrones and just making him pure good guy, you know? Yeah. And right. Somebody to root for. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you just said it's so much better in Game of Thrones. Do you think House of the Dragon is better than Game of Thrones? Absolutely. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Far and away. Uh, even season one, because we've only got one season of House of the Dragon. They can fuck it up too. They could screw it up. So far, the writing, the character moments, I've just I've I've loved it so much. It's the type of entertainment that I like to consume, as we've talked about. Good. Yep. Good. Um, you have anything else to say about this episode, Sketty? No. Um I don't think so. Not not that isn't uh not that isn't for our spoiler section. Oh my god, Matt! I just realized my mic has been hidden behind my monitor the whole day. I wonder, I wonder if I can even be heard. Hope I can. I can hear you. We'll find out. <laughs> Usually, if I can hear you, so this is picking up. It's recording the Zoom audio, so you should be fine. Yep. Oh, good. That's good yep. to know. Yep. Good. All right. Oh, if I can hear you, for... the recording should hear you. <laughs> good. We're not, doing, we're not doing this again. <laughs> Good thing we've never podcasted before, and I don't know where to put my mic regularly. <laughs> it's been a day, man. It's been a day. Let's go into Dragons After Dark. All right. Here we go. So log off, Kalisar, if you do not want to be spoiled, uh, starting at the sound of this tune. Doon, doo, doo, doon. Dragons After Dark. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. I think we should start just just go straight back into Lanor. Sure. Um, first of all, uh, do you think that in future seasons, if and as they introduce Adam and Alan Valarian, do you think Lanor comes back in as that? I've even heard some posit that he will return under the name of Adam. Or Alan claiming to be one of them. So who's the other one then? Right? Is is so I yeah. I, I read right. something on Twitter about somebody speculating this, and I just kind of right because then rolled yeah. my eyes and moved on. But I I I admit I didn't really give that it or, thought unless the show decides to condense them down to one, which I hope doesn't happen. Yeesh. They both have such a critical 
place yeah. in the story going forward. I would hate that. Right. But um, but I mean, maybe fathering them uh, could be a thing. Fathering them could be a thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's possible. Although we we've seen him not capable so far of fathering children, really. But which would make it be like, yeah, like oh wow, yeah, look what he, yeah. So I so here's the thing. If if it's that, I wouldn't hate it necessarily. It's just like why, why, why? Sure, yeah. We didn't. I mean, we're so brutal in this show. We couldn't handle Leonor getting murdered. Like what? Like what's the bet? Cool bono. Who, who benefits from this? I don't really, I don't really get it. You know, it's 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 a it's hinted at in the books. Uh, Adam's mother, Adam and Alan's mother, Marilda. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, claimed he and his brother Alan were fathered by Sir Leonor Valarian, a fact that many found unremarkable or found remarkable due to Leonor's known sexual preference for men. Um, I, and it's it was, I thought there was rumored that they were Corlysses. And that is another one. Mushroom claims that it was Corliss. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Interesting. I apparently, I only remember the Corliss one. Right. Um, that's probably well, the one I guess if I was real, because I usually it's mushroom, right? Just believe mushroom. Uh, but that could add interest to you know one of them coming back and and claiming sea snake, sea smoke. It's Adam that rides sea smoke, right? Alan takes Fermathor, if I remember right. Well, Alan doesn't get one. Alan becomes um, Alan becomes Open Fist, but he doesn't become a dragon rider. Um, right. Okay, that's right. Because Adam dies. Alan on... tries and gets singed by a sheep stealer. Or, yeah, or somebody. And that's how Adam dies: is riding a dragon. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And Alan buries him, right, with the words uh, "loyal." Right. Yes. So they. So as part. So. And did Rainier Adam have Vermithor? Did Adam have Vermithor? I think maybe Adam. Had Oh, so that would be a way to not have to bring another dragon into this. So they drink, bring Adam Valarian back, but have him take Sea Smoke, his father's dragon. Yeah. And because they haven't even introduced Vermithor in here. That would make sense in terms of just consolidating things a little bit. And I think that would be a sensible Man, move to I, make. I haven't read the dance in long enough. I, I know, dude. It's like I can't crap. remember what happens to Sea Smoke in, in the books. I feel like he I'm gets another writer. He must. I mean, there's there's the two guys. The uh... oh, it's Adam of Hole. That's why I was getting confused. Okay, Dragon Seed. That's the same guy. That's Adam Valarian. Adam of Hole is Adam of Hole and Alan. I think are they're the ones that oh, it totally the, is the Valerian crap, yeah. dude. But there's also there's the two Hugh the Hammer, right? He grabs one. And there's another. I'm sorry, Kalasar. I am guy. just screwing this thing up. No, I've forgotten. It was Hugh the Hammer that wrote him. That wrote Vermithor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember that because Hugh the Hammer, because Vermithor is huge at this point. Like, besides, yeah. besides Vagar, he's one of the bigger ones. And it, that made Hugh the Hammer really powerful when he got his dragon, right? And it went to his head. And then there was another guy, I can't remember his name. Ulf it was, White, maybe? Yeah, Ulf White. Adam Valarian had Sea Smoke. So that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense. I smell I smell your father in you. You can ride me. Yeah. I actually kind of yeah. like it. It wouldn't be the worst. 
I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, it also, they, if they wanted to do two hours of storytelling, though, they could have just had him have already done that. Sure. Before he died. But sure. I don't know how that would have played with the Rhaenyra thing. Right. They were with her, but I guess that's probably why I always assumed it was it was Corlys's kids. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Or Lainor could just ride off into the sunset and we never see him again. Who knows? Which is fine. It's fine. It's not like I'm rooting for pain for the kid. It's just like why the change unless they're going to do something with it. Unless they're going to do something. I agree. I agree. And, unless it is, like I said, wanting to elevate Rhaenyra, which I really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Returning to elevate Rhaenyra. Returning to help. What does he say? The ascension. I'm here to blah, 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 blah. Ascension to the throne is my favorite scene and I can't even say it. Uh, strengthening our house as we prepare you for your ascension. Yes. You just, you know, how cool would yeah. that be to kind of have those words come back? If he comes back and does it. Yeah. Like, wouldn't somebody recognize him though? Like You'd think. Clark Kent, Clark Kent kind yeah. of thing with the shaved head. I like it more that he somehow fathered these two boys yeah. and yeah, yeah. Anyway, recommitting himself to her. That would be that would be kind of a cool thread to come back up in later seasons. It kind of would yeah. be. So, so moving on from Leonor, maybe to Laris real quickly. I don't have a lot on it, but he looks in the show like he's going deeper and deeper with Alicent. Sure. Right. Yeah. But he's it's interesting because in Fire and Blood, it's I feel like he's very much always at arm's length from everybody. Just kind right. Of pulling, it almost it's it's almost very Varus like like it's pulling levers and you're not sure why he's pulling them mm-hmm. right you assume to benefit himself somehow but you don't really know and you don't know which things he does versus others sometimes due to the POV thing or the lack of POV and the different storytellers and and accounts but I assume he's gonna flip at some point and fuck her over bad right I think so I think I think so just to bring his character back yeah. I'd like that. Yeah, back to the middle, anyways. Um, of course, Laris offering an eye that could mm-hmm. allude to him becoming, you know, Allison's future master of whispers, mm-hmm. constantly spying and everything. Yeah, it's also, I think, very literal. He would get an eye for her if, <laughs> if she wanted him to. Yep. I'll get any eye you want. With his, uh, with his mutes that can't tell who they were hired by, but carry his personal symbol around. Correct. Yeah, I'm never, I'm never gonna let that go. Back. <laughs> the B. It's, oh, that's what Laris has on his uh, walking stick. So, it's weird. You work for him. You, you know that guy. <laughs> you're wearing the same symbol as the criminals that did this. Mm-hmm. Strange. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> I just but yeah, I can see that. Maybe yeah, he does shift back to the middle, betraying Allison, and maybe that happens as uh, Rhaenyra, you know, is coming back to King's Landing and everything. We also get uh, in this episode, I will not be a tyrant and rule through terror from Rainier. Well, well. Probably, probably yeah. I, I, mean, I, I mean, maybe not. If they're elevating her to be the, you know, the good guy, the, uh, the protagonist, if you will, then maybe she won't rule through terror. Yeah. Maybe this or... Leonor decision is a sign of a lot of changes they're going to make that, that paint her in a much better light where she handles these things better and doesn't starve everyone in King's Landing to death. 
Maybe. Or they're just or. trying to make her fall that much harder. Hmm. Um, so going back to Veamond, yeah, he's in the book. Yeah. In the book, it is, uh, Rani's, no, Rhaenyra, sorry, urges her father-in-law Corliss to name Luke heir to Driftmark, yep. which she could have done in this timeline too, just off screen. Veamond protests that it should be him. And as he says, the Strongs are bastards. He says it. Straight up. Yeah. And, and post, post Viserys's canon in Fire and Blood threat as well, that anyone that does this will lose their tongue, just like he said in House of the Dragon. Rhaenyra goes a step further, has him executed. His corpse is fed to Cyrax, her dragon. Vaemon's cousins go to King's Landing to tell the king what happened. And the king cuts out their tongues, true to his word. Yep. Peace. So uh, I wonder if that if we'll see any of that going on. I think we will. I think I think Damon's kind of moving into what will happen in episode eight stuff here, maybe. But uh, we can. I think yeah. I think we're going to see Damon push push for this push for maybe push too hard. Well, push to be named heir for for this, and yeah, push too hard and and perhaps get in trouble for it. Right. Um, yeah, I think we might. I don't know if they'll do the whole cousin thing or not. But I, I think Baymon's funeral speech sure. implies he's going to go there. I can see that. Just take out the cousin thing completely, but still have Baymon, that whole execution scene and everything. Yeah. Um, we know from the checkout scenes from next episode that we will have yet another time jump. Yes. Uh, it's... Eight years. How old do you think Amon is in this? Because his new actor looks 18 to me. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I could see that if he's 10 here. Yep. Yeah. 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Um, it's a guy from, from a television show that I like, and I know a lot of other listeners like too, The Last Kingdom. Oh, cool. It's a guy from that. So it'll cool, be cool to see him. He's kind of, he's a, he's a good guy. He's like a warrior uh, priest okay. in The Last Kingdom. Um, on Uhtred's side, one of Uhtred's best friend. So it'll be interesting to see him in this role. Uh, I'm looking forward Acting. to it. You could do that. Uh, I imagine we'll see Aegon and Helena married. I'm hoping we'll see Daron. So Let I've heard happen. that he's cast for season two. Let it happen. But then he happen. won't show up. But maybe they'll mention. Yeah. Daron's off in Old Town because he does go to Old Town at some point to get right to like train with Maesters or something. Maybe they'll just mention him. That's because I really feel like Viserys isn't producing anymore. No, I don't think Allison would have him at this point. Cool. I really don't. I think she'd turn him down and be like, nah. Like I said in that one episode <laughs> when it just his arm was bad. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Yep. I, I do wonder. Aegon and Helena will be married. I think I think their twins might be born. Maybe the twins? Already, and maybe even Maelor too. Their youngest. Because oh. if they're really gonna jump eight, I don't again, so we're Man. got three episodes left, Matt. And I'm still I said this at the beginning of the last episode. I still don't know what 
they're going to do. Not, not a whole lot happens in Fire and Blood between, you know, 120 and 130 when this thing comes comes to bear. And they have done a good job of stretching this thing out, but they have, but like nothing, read it, nothing happens. It's like, it's like, ah, oh, well, they had kids and they had kids, you know, Rhaenyra had her kids and Viserys or uh, Aegon and Helena had their kids and Viserys got worse and they brought the kids to do reading in the solar and Aegon. not a lot happens. Right. I'm just. They'll bring the Stepstones back, I think. Yeah, Ricalio, potentially. So we'll get some time out of that. It's actually maybe like the perfect time for it. I haven't had any action in a while. So maybe, maybe it'll be a really like war heavy episode or something. I mean, I didn't see any of that in the preview. Yeah, potentially have, but. have some stuff going on there. I just, man, I just, I, I don't want to see blood and cheese. And then the other part of me is just like, get it done with. So <laughs> oh, I think that'll be next season. You think it'll go next season? Well, I, I've been operating under the assumption that the end of this season would be Viserys dying. Either the very end, like the, almost the last thing is like we're hearing the bells toll as he's died. Mm-hmm. And you get like Allison looking up eagerly or whatever, or shots of both of the queens kind of reacting to the news or something, or that he dies at the beginning of an episode of the episode. And what we get is the, the Green Council mostly and Rainier in the right. childbed, right? Yeah. And, and the, then that will kick off the second season. Right. You know, of, of the posturing and the letter sending and going around to get allies and stuff. I think I'm I'm more on with that. I think the series dies episode nine. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Or version of ten or something, but which would way, probably put blood and cheese, like you said, in season two. I would think so. Ugh. Uh I wonder if we will see what happens in the the books. We talked about this last episode with those Valarian cousins sticking together and being betrothed to each other, as happens in Fire and Blood when they're much younger. Uh, Jace is betrothed to one and Luke to the other. This happens when they're like toddlers. Six like, or something. Yeah, they're Jace and Luke are four and three, and the twins are two years old. Um, so actually, the, the ages seem to line up they seem like they're all within that age range uh closeness to each other and i wonder if maybe they'll move that up and damon and and rainira decide we got to keep this all together let's keep our kids together and uh we already see a certain closeness to them i thought it was a really sweet scene when jason one of the twins i don't know who it was held hands there Mm. and earlier in the episode uh so I wonder if we'll see that. Yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, like you said, in, in Fire and Blood, it happens when much younger. It happens when Lane is still alive. Yep. Right? And they they agree to marry to marry their kids to Rhaenyra's kids. Now it's Rhaenyra choosing to marry her kids together. Her stepkids. Yeah. <laughs> and what Damon do? Their stepkids. It's a little bit weirder. Uh, but fuck, it's Targaryen. Yeah, I mean, this is this is still <laughs> this isn't even as weird as it could get. So <laughs> yeah, 
so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we do need they can manufacture some other reason, but we need some reason for for Luke to turn down the Baratheon girls when he arrives, right? Mm-hmm. To do to start off with a blood and cheese thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think it's likely. Um, yeah, I kind of have I think the time skip will set up for episode nine. I think nine will be maybe like the action episode with 10 being, yeah, that maybe more falling action after the death. Um, right. Yeah, it, it, maybe this next episode is more about, you know, we, they, we, we've had the political posturing, right? The sensing for strength this episode that we just finished. The lines have been drawn a little bit. Now it's like sorting out the power. How, how, do, we, how do we harness that power for mm-hmm. episode nine? Right. Great big finish. Okay. We'll yep. see how it goes. Yeah, I think that's that's all I've got. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I think is gonna have two kids during the time skip too. Both Viserys and Aegon. And Aegon. Yeah. Bring it on. I mean you need Aegon. I figure a- Aegon might have just been may have just been conceived in this episode. It yeah. It might be fun to see that reaction. Of Allison finding out when Aegon's born, mm-hmm. and how she reacts to the naming, yes, could be fun to see. I'd love to see her do it. Yeah, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. We ready to sign off? I'm ready to sign off. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It was a fun chat, Scad. Uh, this is Matt signing off without a song lyric or anything, but with uh, a recommendation. Go listen to our friends, B-Word and Steph, and their new podcast, Kissed by Fire. It's a lot of fun with two of our favorites bantering about uh, and also really uh, giving some nice in-depth analysis into some fun topics of House of the Dragon uh, and Fire and Blood and A Song of Ice and Fire in general. This first episode, they've released one episode so far all about um, mothers and also just women in general and how they're portrayed in House of the Dragon. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Well, no fair because you stole mine. I was going to do the same thing. So I'll just double down on it. Double. Uh, B-Word has been with this podcast for following us for a long time. And we've been friends for basically that whole time. Um, one of our first guests on Meet the Callus, our uh, great friend. Steph came to us a little bit later, but is but has is <laughs> has been vocally supportive and very funny and a great friend in that shorter amount of time. They're both wonderful humans, very fun and funny and raunchy sometimes. Uh, go give it a listen. Kissed by Fire, find them on Apple Podcasts, various other places. Spotify, any yeah. yeah. Definitely go do it. I probably just repeated everything you said, but it's worth repeating. Double down. Double down for our friends. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. And Kalisar, start a podcast. Do (laughs) stuff like this. It's fun. We love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like news of the week for us. We love having our friends do stuff that fulfills them. So go do it. Yeah. Yeah. Jump in. All right, Skeddy. Good night, pal. Good night, Kalisar. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.